it's Friday. We made it. Thank you so much for being here. It's Seven Figures. This is uh, this is where we dominate our finances because you worked hard this week. You put in a lot of time, a lot of effort to work for your boss, to work for the man. And now the money that we earn, your paycheck, let's make it work for you. So this is what we do on the Seven Figures podcast. We arm you with the knowledge that you need to make that money work for you. Today's a good one. So Lindsay emailed me a little bit ago, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com, and she was asking me, how do you motivate your husband? Here, my husband's a spender and I'm a saver. And how do we come together? We're both on the complete opposite ends of the saving spectrum. How do I pull him in closer? And I thought that was really interesting because we have all been there or are dealing with something like that right now. So I invited Lindsay to come on the show with us. But before we get Lindsay on... I got to say a big thank you to our good friends at Family First Credit Union for sponsoring this podcast. Family First, from personal banking to business services and home loans, their number one priority is finding a solution that works for you locally. So good people there at Family First. And we got to cash in with our expert right now, Joe Solcihai. I've been listening to his Stacking Benjamins podcast for some time now. Very smart guy, a former financial planner. Um, His podcast has uh, won several accolades, so it must be good. Stacking Benjamins podcast. Welcome to the show. Sandy, I can't believe I'm here. Am I really on? This is it. This is real. This is the real deal right here. If it's all right with you, I I feel like we should get right into it. Um, We bring up Lindsay. Lindsay, Joe, Joe, Lindsay. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, Lindsay. Lindsay, in your email, you admitted that you and your husband are complete opposite ends of the saving spectrum. And now you're uh, you're desperate for some help. It's complete opposite. So my husband, Craig, and I, when we first started dating, we would spend, spend, spend. We didn't care about anything, nothing, college loans, whatever. Now we have two kids and I want to actually save money. I'm planning for my future. And he is still in that college mode. Don't care. You know, not even contributing to his 401k, nothing. He makes six figures so he can spend this money. But, you know, every time I talk to him, he just brushes it off. You know, we need to save some money and we still have college loans ourselves. So, you know, I don't really know. I I really don't know what to do. She's not alone, is she, Joe? You probably had a lot of clients because you were a financial planner before you started your podcast, right? I was for 16 years and she's totally not alone, as you know, Sandy. It's, It's frustrating when you have somebody that you are absolutely madly in love with, except for the way that the way that they spend money. And I think I think the issue that Craig has is the issue a lot of people have is that they can see in front of them the cool stuff I can do today, but they can't see the long term stuff. And the sad part for you, Lindsay, is that I'm sure you feel like a total nag when you talk to him about, you know, the future and all this stuff that we need to save for and and nobody Absolutely. Wants to that. Yeah, nobody wants to be in that position. So I think what I what I would do is just ask one simple question, which is to make to make those long term goals more realistic. Start off with, you know, what college do we think we want the kids to go to, or the kids want to go to, and start that conversation first. Don't talk about the money. Talk about the college and make college real. And then retirement. You know, when does he when does he want to? He makes six figures now, which is awesome income. But later on, he, he might not want to work so hard. What, what day is that? When does he want to try to do that? And then what is that going to cost? 
to, to replicate that lifestyle that he wants later? That's the question. And once I think, once, once you're able to make that seem real to him, that, okay, the kid wants to go to, you know, whatever, um, uh, 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 NYU, let's say. Uh, what does NYU cost? And then how much, if we were going to start saving today, how much would we have to save today? Just hypothetically, how much would we have to say, save? And if you can get him on that conversation, and then you look at what NYU costs, and I'm laughing because this is, this is when uh, Craig um, has, has a real problem when he sees the numbers. And I almost said what type of problem he has, but we're going to be on the radio. So that's, I can't say that. <laughs> Craig is going to have a problem in his pants. And when he sees that number, even if he starts today, what that number costs. And then I think that that kind of is a wake-up call. I think I don't think you have to take care of Craig. I think the numbers, if you can get Craig to the dream about the future and then figure out together what that number is, um, I think that takes care of it. Do you think some of it, Lindsay, is just... He's intimidated. A lot of people are intimidated by money. They're overwhelmed with their own loans, right? Because you said you still have college loans. Do you think he's he's just, he doesn't want to admit to something he doesn't have extensive knowledge in? I really think he's in in denial. I think denial is the right word for what he is in right now. In that stage of denial where he doesn't want to just even look at the numbers because I think, like you said, it will scare him. Yeah. Yeah, people. When I was a financial planner, my even though I tried to be very kind, people would tell me it was like uh, going to the dentist. That they love their dentist and it's fantastic, and you always feel better after. But getting yeah. actually into that chair is not pretty and not fun. Absolutely, I think that is exactly his problem right now. Unfortunately. So what if the numbers don't scare him? What if he's <laughs> like, well, you know, his oh, they could take out loans. Yeah, I can shake those off. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, how do you sit down your significant other? Because it's a pain in the butt and crunch numbers and really look at your budget. Because that's where you really need to start, isn't it? How much money right. do you really have? I need to kickstart him in gear somehow. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you what I like. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that uh, my spouse Cheryl and I do. Yeah. We have a week. We have a weekly meeting. We make it fun. Currently. It used to be on a Sunday afternoon. We have twins that are 22, but when they were little, we had this uh, we had this meeting over wine on a Sunday afternoon when they were the kids were asleep, and it was always kind of our our afternoon on wine. And we'd spend 15 minutes looking at the money together. Now the kids are long gone, so we go to this place you may have never heard of called the International House of Pancakes. Ah, yes. I don't know if you're familiar with that place, but yes, you know, yes. lots yep. of different languages, crazy syrup, all this stuff. So we go there on a Sunday morning, and, and we take out this app. We like this app called Clarity Money, which very quickly goes over your money and, 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 um, and how you're doing. And we take a look at Clarity Money, and all we do, and it's 15 minutes. Because if it's long and it's boring, Craig's not going to want to be there. Right? Right. I, I'm not going to want to be there. So we're sitting over pancakes, and we say, number one, what bills do we have coming up next week? Number two, what money came in this week? Number three... How does our savings look? Did we get any, you know, statements in from our 401k or, or from anything? Have we gotten those? And then let's talk a little, let's talk a little like what's coming up the next six months, next year. So Cheryl and I, is an example, are planning a trip to Germany. And so we started mm-hmm. putting money aside for that trip to Germany a couple weeks ago so that we can make that an all-cash trip. But because it's fun and I dig pancakes, I'm totally showing up for that meeting. <laughs> 
Yeah, Joe, you had me at pancakes. Honestly, you had me at pancakes. <laughs> so, is that Clarity Money app? Is that free? I don't it like is free. Okay, I don't like yeah, paying for apps. No, I, and I know that. Uh, no, so for a cheesecake like you, Sandy's Clarity's perfect. And what I love, it's created by this guy Adam Dell and uh, his company. And if that last name sounds familiar, he is the brother of Michael Dell. Ah. Um, and he's a serial entrepreneur. And this thing really rocks. I really like Clarity Money. I'm not affiliated with the company. I just okay. It. So it just makes it easier to track where where all your money's going. It does. You very quickly put in where all your cash is, okay. and it says, "Here's how much you spent at, at the supermarket last week. Oh. Here's how much you. Here's how much. Here's how much your recurring expenses are." And it even says, "Like you, you have Audible, you have Hulu, you have these other recurring monthly expenses. Would you like to cancel any of them?" And you can press a button, and they will cancel them for you. Oh wow. Okay. All right, Lindsay. So start there. Okay. I need to write this down. I need to write this down. What is this app called again? It's called Clarity Money. Clarity Money. And that's also, Sandy, I think where you get people is is the sexiness of some of these cool new finance apps that, yeah. that have started to come out. Like, I, I dig this other one, too. I, I feel like I'm 1965. I dig it. The uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tip Yourself. There's a cool one called Tip Yourself that I like. It's these guys in Chicago. Mike Lentz is, is one of the founders' names. And what they've done is, you know how when you go to the IHOP, you tip your, your, your server? Yeah. Well, how come when you actually go run five miles, you don't tip yourself? Or you actually clean up the kitchen after dinner, you don't tip yourself? So it's, it's fun because every time you do something you think is a good job for yourself, you give yourself a little tip. That tip goes into your tip jar, which is a separate savings account at Tip Yourself. And then um, that money's available for, you know, it becomes a holiday fund. It becomes a vacation fund whatever you want it to be. Okay. And that like free, that. that's free too. That's free too. Okay. All right. And you those are free. Language. I mean, sometimes, yeah, I know, only talking about apps that are free. Don't give me anything that's not free. Right. Um, <laughs> but this is just to help those who struggle with the discipline of setting money aside. This just helps automate it a little bit more. Right. Well, or, well I don't, well, yeah, I don't have discipline. I'll tell you, you know, um, talking to people that are multimillionaires as often as, as I bet to, what I've found is that multimillionaires are not disciplined people. What they are are people who are smart enough that when they identify something really good that they did, yeah. they automate it so they never have to think about uh. it again, and they keep doing that same good thing over and over. So okay. if I can find an app, if I can find an app that helps me do that same cool thing over and over again, I'll never have to worry about it again, and I'm making more money than I was yesterday. Okay, perfect. Thank Love you so it. much. Lindsay, I Love hope it. that helped. Oh, my God, it does. I think I'm, I actually go get some pancakes right now because okay, I'm pretty That's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, Lindsay. Thank you so much, and thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it. I'm definitely going to have this talk with uh, my husband tonight, so thank you. Make, I really make appreciate it, make it. it. Make it fun, Lindsay, and it'll be great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sandy, for calling. Bye. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. So when you said make it fun, we know what you're thinking. Women are thinking just, uh, you know, put a smile on your face, but you were thinking something else, weren't you? <laughs> uh, okay. So, <laughs> so, yes, you said, <laughs> so you said that is a common problem. Is there always typically in a relationship, one's the spender, one's the saver? Yes. And uh, I'll tell you, well, 
either one's a center and one's a saver, or one person looks at the long-term stuff seriously and the other one looks at the short-term. So one person knows everything about investments and knows nothing about the budget, and the other person knows where every dollar is going and the other person is in fantasy land. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, you'll have people that take, that take uh, either one role or the other or one person advocates for the other person. The key is with that meeting, I think, you know, a line-by-line budget, people talk about budget and that's so annoying. I really, really, really think it's about communication. Uh. It's just if, if you're in a relationship and you can talk to your spouse, your significant other, your friend about your money and do it on a consistent basis, you'll avoid the big, why the hell did you spend money on that? Blow yeah. Again, I think everybody has been there. Here you're coming from two different backgrounds, right, growing up, and that's where you start to build your relationship with money. And then you meet, and now you're supposed to gel as one. So <laughs> my husband was the spender. He had no real foundation. His parents, you know, didn't make the best choices when it came to money. I came in a very strict, like, okay, here's how much money you have, and here's how much you're going to save, and here's how much you're going to spend. So he was the spender, and I said, here, here's the solution. We're going to have our separate accounts and the joint account. Well, then he depleted his account, and he's asking to borrow from me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, so this isn't going to work. Um, and I think it wasn't until the day we said, what is our goal? Like you suggested to Lindsay, what is that final goal that we're both going to try to achieve? That day was the turning point. I think that's the turning point for everybody. And by the way, we everybody who listens knows that you must have grown up in a very strict, heavy pinching household. <laughs> I don't think there's any person listening who doesn't know that. (laughs) And you know what? Actually, next week, my dad's uh, a guest on the podcast. Uh Uh-oh. He's, yes. He's, uh, his name is Guy. He's the, he's the, he's definitely the money guy is what he is. We're going to learn from the master himself. Yes. He just loves, I mean, the joy on his face when he talks about money. It's, it's amazing. Getting back to that long-term goal that you're talking about, it is, it's just so important to make that real because everybody can identify the thing in front of them now. I'm a spender, and I know what I want today. And our a friend of mine calls it our lizard brain. My lizard brain knows what it wants right now. I want food. I want good food. Mm. I want to go out to a restaurant. I want to eat. But So I have to make those long-term goals feel as real, like this trip to Germany that we were talking about that I'm going on with uh, Cheryl. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to save any money for that unless I go look at the guidebooks and I see the places I want to go and I think about how fun that's going to be. And once I have that image in my head, now, baby, I'm off and saving, uh, you know? Yeah. I am saving as much money as possible. Yeah, motivation. We all need it. You know what? Speaking of that, just making extra income, it, it, it's like the hot topic now, side hustles. You hear that, you see that everywhere. Just uh, last week on GMA, I saw them do a whole piece on side hustles. Do you, now this might be perfect question for you because you moved from being a financial planner to now, that's all you do, right? Is, is run a successful podcast? We, we podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That is what I do. Okay. Awesome. Now, was that a side hustle for a while? And then you said, Hey, this is making so much money. This seems to be profitable. This is where my joy really comes from. Let me just put all my energy here. Or how did that happen? No, for me, it was different. I had sold my business and I had become a school teacher. Uh, Oh. Excuse me. I hadn't become a school teacher. I was in classes to become a school teacher and I was bored out of my mind Ah. uh, in school. And I I started writing part time. So that was a side hustle. But I was doing it because I was bored. But I will say that a lot of people 
a lot of people, the best way, if you don't like your job, to decide what that new job is going to be that replaces it is to make it a side hustle so you can kind of dip your toe in the water and also not go into debt starting this, you know, this business because a lot of people go into a lot of debt, they quit their job, and then they realize too late that this wasn't a viable opportunity. Yeah, okay. Are there side hustles you would suggest? Like the mystery shopper, is that a scam? The whole mystery shopper thing feels to me not real. <laughs> no, I have a friend that actually actually does that, does mystery shopping, and he gets called a few times a week to go drive over to a store and check out the customer service. Um, you know, that's okay. I really like, I got to tell you, Sandy, I, I love this idea of the sharing economy that people talk about that's really coming. So if you have, hey, if you have a spare bedroom in your house, you know, the idea of sometimes of having strangers in your house feels creepy. Mm. But if you can get around that or if you have some room, the, the, the money people make on Airbnb is fantastic. If you're in a community where Uber or Lyft are an opportunity, I have talked to a lot of listeners that do that. And the cool thing is you can turn it on or turn it off whenever you want. You make decent money. You generally meet some really nice people. Um, so, I, so I like those. You see people that do uh, uh, pet sitting, if they like pets, uh, taking care of people's houses when they're not home. Um, uh, I think those are some, some nice opportunities to make money over the short term. Isn't that a crazy concept? I remember when I first heard rumblings. I'm like, I am not getting into some stranger's car. That's right. freaking weird. And now it's like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I, know. I, I know. Once you use it once, you're hooked, aren't you? And then everybody, every Uber driver, and I don't do it that often, but everyone that I've been in, they say the same thing. Oh, I'm just doing this for golf money or oh, just for my hobby. Just, to, yeah, you know, just a little side money. And, and here's the thing is that if it is just for side money, those are great opportunities. Where I'll draw the line on those is you're never going to build a business with, with Uber. So, you know, if you're somebody that likes photography, as an example, building a photography studio as a side hustle a little bit at a time is a great way to build that business. And that can become a full-time business later. Uber is a side hustle that's fantastic if you just need that golf money that you're talking about or maybe pay off a credit card uh, that got out of hand you know, something, mm-hmm. something short term. So I would, I would, uh, I would ask yourself about your side hustle. Is this something I want long term to develop into a full time opportunity, or is this something to take care of a short term issue? Okay, and don't quit your day job until you know it is successful. <laughs> right? Do not quit. You know, people tell me that with our bad jokes in the Stacky Benjamin show, <laughs> and what they don't realize is I already did quit my day job. So, uh-oh. been there, yeah. done that. Right. <laughs> um, it's also a mindset, too. That is a reoccurring thing that comes up on these podcasts with every guest that we have in. Everybody says the same thing. Would you agree that you have to go into it with the right mental mindset? Overall theme, success comes with the right mindset. I do think so. But so I think a couple things. I think, number one, I read this article recently that said that uh, how wealthy people think differently. Mm. And one of the some of the things I disagree with, but one that I've seen over and over is wealthy people expect to be wealthy. They walk into the room. So when you talk about mindset, yeah. it's, it, it, it's that they deserve this. And it's funny because that seems kind of Pollyanna. It seems like, oh, yeah, I just wave my magic wand. And it definitely isn't that easy. But, but that, that is the beginning that, you know what, I deserve, I deserve wealth. 
in my life. And if I think I deserve it, then my subconscious brain starts working on ways to make that happen. But the place that I disagree with a lot of people when it comes to mindset is what you and I talked about briefly earlier, which is a lot of people think it's mindset and discipline. And I don't think it's discipline at all. I think it's recognized Every time you do something brilliant, which in my life is like once a decade, mm-hmm. when, I, when I do that brilliant thing to have the wherewithal to stop and go, how do I automate that so I do that brilliant thing again and again and again, and I don't have to stumble across it next time? That's, that's what rich people do. And, and I think with apps and with automation, and I'll give people, I'll give people one little example of something that, that I realized, which was when I was a financial planner, People would, uh, would have trouble saving money because they direct deposit their checking account. And then, you know, they direct deposit on Friday and all the money's gone Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of that, if you just direct deposit to a savings account and you divorce the amount of money you make from the amount of money you spend. So in your head, you don't say, well, I make X, which means I get to spend X. Instead, you say, how much money do I need to keep the lights on? And that's going to be a different amount of money than you make. So now you direct deposit to a savings account that's hard to get to and then set up an automatic transfer over to a checking account that's the amount of money you need to keep the lights on. Guess what happened when we set that up, Sandy? People started automatically saving money in that savings account uh, because, okay. because they had you know money just sat there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Much, much, a great way to automate stuff to, to give you an easy win. Yeah. Well, okay. So, see, I would... I would count that as discipline, discipline to ignore that account, to not dip your, you know, once you move the money over, that's it. Pretend you don't even have it. Forget about it. Right. Well, well, so let me tell you what we did there, because I don't have any discipline. So, So I would say, yes, have that discipline. So the second you tell me that, here's what I think. I think for a guy like me, yeah. make that savings account hard to get to, cut up the debit card. Um, make it maybe a bank across town. Um, make it a, make it so that if you need money out of that separate savings account, it's going to be a pain in the ass to get it. And if that's the case, if it's really an emergency, you'll go get it. But if it's not an emergency, your subconscious brain is amazing. Um, and I've seen it so many times where somebody is in a tough spot, and if they don't have cash readily available, which makes it easy to just make the decision, oh, we'll just pay extra for that. That's mm-hmm, no big deal. Mm-hmm. If, if we can avoid that, then I think we, we do better. And I'll give you an, idea, an example. There was a family I was working with when I was a financial planner. They were deep in credit card debt, and they made the decision during the holidays this year they were going to set a very small amount of money aside for gifts for their kids and then nothing else. Nobody was getting gifts. And they were going from a $2,500 a year Christmas time to a $200 Christmas time. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And, the kids were and probably was, so devastated. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? To make up for that, to make up for that, Russ and Donna, the, this couple, they, they, they instead substituted things. Um, uh, uh, they go to church, so they went to more church stuff. They went to more community stuff that was free, right? The Christmas ah, tree lighting. Mm-hmm. They went to all these things. They looked in the paper for these free activities. When we met again in January, they talked about how fun it was, ah. and because they they their subconscious mind said, "How do we how do we make this so the kids think we're actually having a fantastic yeah. holiday 
instead of one that just sucks. Well, that's another running theme. It's not just the material things. It's more of the the moments, the memories that we yeah. th- that we make as a family. So yeah, let's talk about uh, just a little tease to your course. If you go on stackingbenjamins.com, how to legally cheat on your taxes. <laughs> that grabbed my attention because uh, I totally screwed up my taxes last year. Oh, no. So can you give us a few tips? And then I if can. you want to find out more, you can go to uh, stackingbenjamins.com. The frustrating thing that, that I saw with my own life was that because I had, I had tax troubles early in my career that I've talked about a lot elsewhere, um, but I didn't understand how taxes worked. And I had somebody sit down with me and in the course of a couple hours went through like taxes line by line, like how, how the tax form is actually set up. And once you know how the tax form is set up, then during the whole year, you're, you're creating opportunities for yourself because you go, oh, yeah, if I do this this way, I will then create an opportunity for oh, myself later. So as, yeah. as an example, I collect board games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give some board games that just never get played. I've had them for a few years. I have a stack sitting here next to me in, my, in our basement um, that are going to go to Goodwill. And I think of Goodwill because for a lot of people, if they itemize on their taxes, Goodwill is a charitable organization, and I'm going to get a receipt that I can then use April 15th. And the problem is, is I can use that receipt for the rest of the year, but on April 15th, it's too late, right? I had to do it, I had to do it the, during the calendar year. Mm. So uh, if I'm putting money in an IRA, I might be able to deduct that. Where does that go? Uh, we talk about that a little bit. If I'm giving money to charity, if I'm a teacher, I have some opportunities when I'm setting up my classroom for unreimbursed expenses. If I have a mortgage, how does that work? If I'm, if I'm paying for health care, like so many people have a ton of health care costs now, mm-hmm. I, might be able, I might be able to deduct that. So really what we do, we give it the sexy title, How to Cheat on Your Taxes. What we're really doing is showing you very, in simple cartoony terms, <laughs> how, the, how the tax code works. So that so that all year long you're looking for well, what's my next opportunity okay. and you feel like you're you feel like you're cheating because you're taking advantage of all these opportunities that your neighbor's not because they don't get it. Well, a lot of that's why my husband and I decided to do it on our own, right? Do one of those online programs because right. I never knew what questions to ask my tax person. I wasn't sure if I was really, you know, is it really worth the money? So we're like, let's do this on our own, just to at least get an idea of what it takes to do. Oh my God, I forgot a form. And that was a very important form. And I screwed it up. Then I was in a panic. I had like four days before the, I was like walking into H and R block, like, please help me just do it up. Oh no, please. Oh my God. It's so scary when you're dealing with the government. There's nothing more that makes my heart beat faster than I open up my mailbox and there's that official looking letter that says IRS. Yes, right. <laughs> right. Like I haven't even opened it and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to get that letter. I, I will tell you it, it's something else too. Here's, here's a tip. The IRS themselves, their service, they've been beaten up so much by people, but whenever I have a really Big question. I call the IRS, and their lines are uh, are infamous for taking forever. Unless you call first thing in the morning. So if you call yeah. right when they open, okay. and you talk to IRS people, I'll tell you, Sandy, IRS people. This is going to sound like heresy, and people are going to yell at their listening device right now. But they're awesome. They they are totally awesome. I've had some of the best, most receptive, nicest people 
on the IRS helpline help me help clients with their situation. Just wonderful. So even though they're the ogre and we're afraid of them, yeah. if you have a real question, call the IRS and do it first thing in the morning so you don't spend all day on Okay. Phone. All right. Wonderful. Joe, thank you so much for all your help today. Andy, this is fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Joe Salcihai. I practiced that. Did I say it right? You got it. I okay. can't believe it. Nice right, job. I was, I was listening to when you announced it on your podcast, <laughs> slow motion, so I, I wouldn't screw it up. Uh, Stacking Benjamin's podcast on Twitter at Average Joe Money. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. There's a lot of good and bad financial advice out there. We'll clean up all the confusion next week. As Joe put it, we're going to learn from the master. My dad is back on the show next week. Father knows best. What is the real good, honest advice that you should follow when it comes to money? Next week on 7 Figures. Thank you so much for following us on Twitter at 7 Figures Pod and Sandy Waters 98. Reach out to me anytime, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. Big thanks to our friends at Family First Credit Union. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. Talk to you next week.